tax tax, which is always exciting. GST reform. That's a great idea. Have a more efficient tax. tax. Due diligence tax. now. Hello everyone and welcome. You're listening to Tax Wrap, episode 34. My name is Nathan. We're joined by Lisa and Andy. How are we doing, guys? Oh, good, Nathan. Good, it, thanks, Nathan. It's really good to be back. Now, this week, the tax office uh, is focusing on professional practices, not just this week, but it's something that we've uh, sort of been cottoning onto around the office. It's something that we've been talking about. We've held a webinar just yesterday on this very topic, but the tax office is looking at uh, sort of mischievous practices, I guess we could say. They're looking at firms and uh, very generally, the way they distribute income from their work. Now, uh, they've released a guide uh, recently that sort of helps uh, firms, uh, particularly bigger firms, to see what they need to do and what they might be doing that might trigger an audit and, and the sort of the risk that they're looking at for triggering an audit. And there are a couple of benchmarks that we'll get into a little bit later on. But Andy, uh, more specifically, what's the tax office looking at? Yeah, that's right, Nathan. Um, the tax office for a number of years, uh, particularly since 2008, has been looking at uh, professional uh, practices, so i.e. your accounting firms, your law firms, your medical practices, in terms of how these practices are structured and the way that they operate and distribute income to, to the practice owners and also any sort of associated entities. And uh, the Commissioner in the past has been quite concerned with what they refer to as a uh, partnership of discretionary trusts as a one particular type of structure whereby uh, pra professional practices may adopt. Um, since then, they've done quite a bit of work and basically last year, October 2014, the Commissioner of the Tax Office has released a document uh, in, with respect to how professional practices allocate profits to practice owners. Now, they've gone and sought some feedback in relation to that, and just lo and behold, just uh, on the 30th of June 2015, as a nice end of year present, uh, the Commissioner uh, finalised that particular document um, on its website and uh, has uh, said that it will apply from 1 July 2015 to those uh, professional type practices. Now, one of the criteria is that the practice needs to be deriving what they refer to as business income. So you've got to be a slightly bigger practice. You're not necessarily a sole practitioner. So two to five partner type firms will also fall within this type of net. Okay. Now I've got a question just before we go a little bit further. Um, in regards to the tax office's building confidence thing, how come this wasn't listed in the, as part of the building confidence uh, initiative? Was this something that's kept deliberately separate, or? Yeah, I, I, I think Nathan, it's it's just part of the overall process. This is a much more um, specific area um, that the tax office is looking at. Uh, the building confidence website is is much broader aspect of what the ATO is doing. Um, it applies to individuals. It applies to small businesses. Um, with respect to professional practices, this is a much more narrower uh, area that the tax office is looking at. So it might not necessarily want to, to publicise this to, to everybody. Uh, the Building Confidence website is uh, a much more general uh, part of the ATO website to advise all taxpayers as to what their obligations are. Yeah, okay. the Building Confidence, Nathan, I think is more along the lines of um, making sure you're doing the right thing in general. So sort of just making sure you, you know, you're being right with your substantiation or making your deductions. Where this is really like, um, look, it's been on the ATO's radar for years, okay. but it's mainly been concentrating on, you know, your one or 
really single practice, hasn't it, Andy? Yeah, really, yeah. But what's happened now is they're going, hang on, all these tax agents and you know big four firms, they're all structured this way. So we're going to expand our scope a little bit and make them aware, you know, the people that are doing your tax return, for example, Nathan, you know, they have to be worried about how they're structured as well. Okay, now there are a couple of, sorry, there are three benchmarks that uh, one of which each firm will need to satisfy or each... Uh, uh, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. Worker. Uh, we'll, have to, yeah, we'll have to satisfy to make sure that their they, uh, their risk of being audited is not uh, really a thing to worry about. So let's go into these three benchmarks in detail, and I'll try and remember the English language. <laughs> <laughs> um, firstly, Nathan, um, in the actual publication itself, the tax officers identify right? three benchmarks. You must satisfy at least one of these benchmarks as to, as, uh, to attain what they refer to as a low risk rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, failure to uh, obtain a, uh, failure to satisfy at least one of these benchmarks will put you into the high risk category. So the first benchmark, Nathan, is that the you need to have what's referred to as an equivalent remuneration. So basically what that means is if you're uh, a practice owner, you're one of the partners in the firm, you need to be remunerated within the top um, quartile of all the other professional staff in your uh, in your firm. So essentially what that means is you've got to be remunerated equivalent to what a partner in that sort of firm would be remunerated. If they were a salaried employee. That's correct, yeah. yes. So, so basically, that uh, that particular requirement is a lot more easier to satisfy in, in that respect compared to, to to some of the other requirements that I'll, I'll talk about next. So, so that's the first one: making sure that you have a a high level of remuneration that reflects the amount of work that you, as a partner, is putting into the the actual practice. Okay, so if I have a firm that's called Nathan Hewitt and Partners, and my remuneration is effectively zero because it's you know being structured elsewhere. Mm-hmm that would raise alarm bells with the tax office because my other partners are making salary that's much more than mine. So exactly. that, that's something that they're looking exactly. at. Exactly, we'd be doing the next tax rep with visiting you in jail or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the extreme, please, that was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the first one, Nathan, the, the equivalent uh, remuneration benchmark. The other one's what they refer to as the 50% entitlement benchmark. And essentially what that benchmark means is that you as a practice partner might have to at least receive through your structure or through your firm directly at least 50% of your share of the practice income uh, by way of your share of that remuneration. So if I was a, a partner in a particular firm, then I'm hoping that if I was, for example, a, a one-third partner in that practice, that I'll receive at least 50% of that one-third income from from that practice included in my own assessable income. So, okay. So that's something because you will have some situations where that, that income might be uh, siphoned or streamed to a, another entity, whether it be uh, you know whether it be a trust or some sort of corporate beneficiary or some other entity, and it's not being taxed uh, in your hands. So so what this rule is is that it's trying to ensure that you, as the practice or the principal of that practice, at least receives at least fifty percent of that that income. So they're not being too nasty, are they, Andy, no. really? They're sort of saying, you know, as long as you're, you're allowed some structuring of your tax, but don't be too greedy. Okay. That's right, yeah. So basically what they're saying is here, because I'm not really sure how it works specifically, but um, if you were to receive, like you said, so one third of um, the the income, 50% of that would have to be, um, to, to satisfy the 50% entitlement, 50% of that would have to be added to your assessable income. Mm-hmm. Is that... A common arrangement that that happens. I mean, how much like 
is it is it easy to say how much of like whether it would be more than fifty percent in the average case, or whether it would be less, or what? I mean, I mean, the DHO has got very sophisticated uh, diagnostics, and so they've worked this out to be a reasonable yeah, okay. amount in in their opinion. Um, yeah, so um, we, we were talking about you know off air yeah. about data matching and data mining and all that sort of stuff. So very yeah. sophisticated systems, and I think they've come out with a reasonable uh, percentage in terms of what they believe is to be an adequate amount of compensation or yeah. remuneration for a practice partner. Yeah, yeah what, what makes it fair, basically? Because mm. remember, Nathan, that the partnership itself has to lodge a tax return, so that's yep. going to get disclosed. The part, partnership doesn't pay tax, mm-hmm. the partners do, but um, you know, you basically got to lodge a return, and the individuals log a return, lodge a return, so um, you know, everything gets gets matched. So you can work out what that, you know, half of a third is, basically. Okay, okay now number three, the 30% effective tax rate. Uh, yeah, the third benchmark. Yeah, th- this, this, this is a this is a very uh, this is a, a different t- sort of benchmark to the other two. Basically, what it's what the tax office is trying to look at is it's trying to ensure that you have an effective tax rate of thirty percent or higher on both income for which the that for which the practice owner is derived, and also income from the firm to which the the practice owner and their associated entities are collectively entitled. So, what does that mean? And uh, uh, in a nutshell, essentially your effective tax rate as the partner and also if you were the partner and your associated entities must be at least 30%. So, so and that's, Nathan, is equivalent to the 30% corporate tax rate, or, albeit now we have two corporate tax rates. Yeah. <laughs> but but essentially, essentially you have to maintain that as a minimum uh, tax rate. So, so it's as if you were being taxed as if you were a company. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's how the, the tax office deems it to be an effective thirty percent effective tax rate. Now, they've indicated that if uh, your tax rate is below that, mm-hmm. below thirty percent. So, for example, if it was twenty-five or fifteen percent um, effective tax rate, then there is a potential scope for a higher uh, risk of uh, being audited. So, mm-hmm. so it is something that people will need to look out for. That they need to ensure that their effective tax rate is is at least thirty percent. And it is obviously uh, proportionate, so that somebody who might be paying a fifty percent effective tax rate is at greater risk than somebody who's paying a twenty five percent tax rate, correct. or whatever the That's case correct. may be. Now, Andy, is there anything else that uh, uh, businesses who fit, or sorry, partnerships, or anything that fit into this sort of um, area of concern needs to be aware of? Is there anything else that they? I, I think they're the main concerns. I, I think you know your your risk is always higher. The tax officers noted your risk is always higher if you you know you've got other compliance issues. So for example, if you have any sort of Division Seven A issues or any other sort of compliance areas that you know is uh, also of risk, uh, your risk would be deemed to be a lot higher. I think that the one thing to note is that as we mentioned a little bit earlier, you must satisfy at least one of these uh, benchmarks. Otherwise, you will be rated at a, a higher risk of audit. Fantastic. Well, before we conclude our webinar, um, as we said, sorry, as we conclude the podcast, um, earlier this week, as I mentioned earlier, we held a webinar entitled Taxing Professional Practices and Service Entities. Apologies if you missed out on the webinar because it did sell out, um, but we have uh, recorded the session. It's a really high quality recording and you'll be able to purchase that recording in the coming days and it's a fantastic resource. Um, you know, we can't speak highly enough of it as a as a webinar, as an all all encompassing guide to um, what we're looking at here and some other things as well. So please look out for that. Um, and if you want uh, exclusive access to the opportunity to purchase a webinar, 
uh, just go to our website at www.taxpayer.com.au and uh, join our mailing list. It's very easy to do. It's just a couple of prompts and uh, you'll get first access to purchase the webinar recording. So that's always good. Is there anything else you guys would like to add before we close up? No, that's great. Thanks. Oh, good. That's mate. it. Thanks for joining us on Tax Wrap episode 34. Please join us <laughs> next week with 35. See ya. Thanks.